Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring CuriosityStream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. And less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. Happy to work with you to leverage the internet to make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark. I'm the founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group and director of this show. Today I'm with Margaret Spangler. Margaret is actually one of the originals to the organization and is a co-founder of the organization. And today we are talking about the COVID, about COVID-19, the mandate, those that are on the front lines fighting them, um, the reality of what is really happening behind the scenes for a lot of people and families. And um, I want to be transparent in the fact that I did have COVID back before anyone knew it was COVID, and most of my family has had it as well. Um, Many volunteers have had COVID. In fact, up until about three months ago, I received weekly reports from volunteers and their families um, about having it. And then my great aunt, who was in her 80s, died of it. But out of all the people that I've known, um, she was the only one that died of it. And we're talking about a lot of people from all over the world. Now, I asked Margaret to join me today because she is very much against the jab um, and the mandates, as I am. And I would like her to share with us the realities of what her family faced, um, the diagnosis, and um, the medication that was given to her and her husband. And um, so I kind of just turn it over to, to Maggie and she can share her story of how it kind of got started with, started for her family. All right, well, thanks for having me on, Pamela. And um, I know we've talked about doing something like this for a while now, but... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been the beginning of this month. Well, the beginning of this month of October, um, my husband, David, he's self-employed, works construction. He's been doing that for the last 30 years or so. And um, he was working, doing a job for a client who was... um, coughing and hacking a lot and at the time we didn't think much of it and we Dave I didn't even know about it at the time until after we realized we had COVID and then um, David ended up getting it from this client and I ended up getting it from my husband but uh, this client there's oh I know for myself and for a lot of other people like, who do you believe? Who do you trust? What information out there is real? What's not? And, you know, there's a lot of information out there that says that this vaccine is meant to um, weaken the symptoms of COVID. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. And... Um, then there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, you get the vaccine, you get the shot, then you're not going to get it. Well, that's not the case. Uh, this individual had received 
the vaccine, actually had went and received the booster. He was having the side effects and the symptoms, and he had the cough. He actually was contagious, and that's how my husband got it, because he worked around him for two days. And the gentleman probably... Huh? So you were so you were infected by someone that not only had just the vaccine but the booster as well. Yes. Yes. And this gentleman didn't even say anything to my husband because he was probably under the assumption that because he had gotten the vaccine and the booster that he couldn't get COVID. He probably just thought he had a normal, regular cold. And because that's what we thought in the beginning was going on with David. Well, then immediately the very next day after he wrapped up this job with this gentleman, he started a roof. It was a very intensive roof, lots of layers, more than what he thought. He thought it was just part of part and parcel of being a construction worker and ripping off a roof and the the coffin and the hacking and because of what was um, being ripped off and, and just being whipped out and tired. And but then I started coughing and uh, it I felt like I got hit by a Mack truck uh, within 24 hours within a day. I had gone from just coughing to um, having trouble um, getting winded, my breathing, um, really coughing and feeling really tired. And I was like, this is not normal. (laughs) So I told my husband we were going to go to urgent care because it was on a Sunday. And we walked in and the doctor looked at us and said, "Um, yeah, you got COVID. And we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, um, aren't we supposed to get tested to find that out if we have it? And he goes, yeah, we could test you, but uh, the results are going to come back positive. So why test you since you already got it? And we, my husband and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, well, um, that makes sense to us. So, Okay. And the doctor's like, so you don't want to get tested? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. And that was that. Well, when uh, we were just given, oh, shoot, what did they get? Oh, a steroid, uh, one dose for each of us. And then they gave us these little pearl-type pills for the cough to control it. And they got uh, a cough syrup medication for David to help control his cough, too, because it was a lot worse than mine. And that was it. That's all they gave us. And then they sent us home. And we were doing the vitamin C. We were doing um, the vitamin D3. And um, for me, it went immediately right into my sinuses. For my husband, it went after his joints. And he was in a lot of constant pain. Uh, aches all over his body. And I was trying a lot of different things that other people had done and had tried that they were recommending to us. Nothing was really working. So a few days later, I ended up calling uh, urgent care back to see if there was something else they could give us. And uh, because our regular family doctor He's only in three days a week, and it's odd hours. So when I called the clinic back, our family doctor wasn't in office yet. And the lady I got at the clinic, at the urgent care, uh, she says, well, were you tested? Did you get tested positive? And I'm like, no. And I told her the scenario. She brought up our file and our record. And she goes, oh, it says here that the patients denied the testing. And I'm like, um, I was like, no, we didn't deny the testing. This is what happened. This is how it happened. And I told her that. And she says, well, it's labeled here in your records, in your file, that you refused the testing. Oh, boy. 
And I was like, oh, really? Okay. So what does that mean then? She goes, well, you're going to have to schedule an appointment to come back in here to get tested. And I kind of started, I, I started laughing. And I was like, why do we need to get tested for something that we already have? What is that going to do? And she said, well, you have to get tested. And I'm like, okay, again, what is that going to do? We already have it. We already know. We were already told that that's what we have by the doctor that was on call. So why do we have to come in and get tested to prove that we have something that we already know that we have? And she got really snippy with me. And she says, well, if you want to receive any treatment, you need to get tested. And she says, and also you do realize that this is a virus. And there's really nothing we can do for you. Pamela, I started laughing. You know me. You and I have known yeah. each other for a long, long time. I, 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 la- I laughed. I laughed. And that kind of irritated her. And I said, um, <laughs> you have a good day. And I hung up. Wow. Because that right there told me it's, nothing, it's not about the patient. It's not about them helping us. It's about the money. Because they have to keep track of the numbers in order to get the money. Yeah. And I want to back you up a little bit um, because I know that me and you have studied this a lot. um, And we're always sending each other a whole slew of things. But, um, and, and on some reports, normally reports from out of the UK, from doctors there, Report yes. that not only are the vaccine takers, the ones that get the jab, the ones that are giving the virus to others, um, but I mean, if you really want honest reports, me and you have found out that you have to go to outside media, outside media out of the United States. And so we, mm-hmm. we've had those reports of people getting the vaccine, but did you ever figure out um, how long ago, because I know that there's like a kind of, okay, they know that, but I don't know if we've ever found out, is it right after they take the shot? Is Does the shot have to settle into them before they start being the, the contagious one? Is, do you have any information on that yet? And oh, and also, can you speak on um, what David had asked the doctor at the hospital about having the uh, vaccine? Oh, yes, yes. Um, All right, to answer your first question, um, Mm -hmm. I personally have not come across nor found any documentation that states when or if, let me phrase it, if those that get the vaccinations become contagious and become spreaders and the time frame for that after receiving it. Now, what we were told by the doctor that was on call when we went to urgent care was that for those that do get COVID, they usually start becoming contagious within three to four days after being exposed to COVID. And that contagious period usually lasts till probably about day 10, day 12. And now, Now, does that apply to just those individuals that get COVID by naturally being around someone that has it like we did? Or does that also apply to those individuals that receive the vaccination and the second or third doses, the boosters, and end up getting COVID that way? We're going to take a short... um commercial break, and we will be right back. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights Show on education and support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. While you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-education-org. Dot 
talking about um, being at the hospital again, or we were going back over that, and oh. David having a conversation with them about. Yeah, um, when we were there, my husband, David, asked this doctor that was on call at urgent care, um, he says, so now that we've gotten COVID, do we really need to go out and get the vaccine? Because what's isn't getting natural immunity better than getting uh, immunity through a vaccine, which is more potent, which is better. And the doctor actually gave us an answer that I thought was pretty honest, especially from a person's standpoint that works in this field and the situations, the environment, I mean, everything that they're encountering. And he told us is that honestly, nobody knows anything. And, and wow. he goes, and the reason why I said that is because nobody really knows. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bath Fitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bath Fitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. What COVID's like. No one really knows what it's capable of. We're learning as we're going. No one really knows what the long term or the short term side effects are of COVID by getting it naturally. And he and said, now in regards to that, huh? that can differ people as well because each person. The virus seems to attack the weakest part of the body. Is that correct yeah. from what you've learned? Yeah. Yeah. And something else that I see, something I read from um, a nurse that posted her theory and something that I, from what we've gone through, kind of backs this theory is that for whatever reason, this virus, COVID virus, seems to intensify and magnify any form of inflammation that you may already currently have within your body and makes it worse. And that's where it presents itself. So, for instance, me, I have, whenever I have ever gotten sick, it always goes either to my tonsils, because I get strep throat really easily, or my sinuses. And bingo, that's where it went, my sinuses. My husband, because of working a life of construction, he's always, he's, he has issues with his joints. His inflammation is in his joints, and that's exactly where it went. Um, wow. And do so, you remember and, when, and I, this, when you had it? Yeah. If I could, remember, I, well, I have FM and arthritis, and it went to my joints as well. and. I, I, ever since I was little, I've had issues with my ears. And remember, I sent you that picture of myself and you said, my gosh, your face even looks swollen. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, and I remember after, like, I had it for over a month and a half before I even went to the hospital. And I went to the hospital, like, at the end of January um, mm -hmm. before COVID. And um, they they said that it was something they'd never seen before. They did, couldn't give me a name for what I had and that there was really nothing they could do for me. But by the time I went to the hospital, I mean, 
I had been suffering for a, more than a month and the pain was so much worse than the normal FM and the arthritis. So I can back up what right. you're saying by experiencing that. Right. And the other thing that the doctor was saying is that no one really knows um, in regards to the vaccines that have been produced to supposedly combat this virus. And what he meant was that was he told us, you know, nobody knows the short term or the long term effects, side effects of these vaccines. And, you know, that's a very honest answer coming from that type of professional. And then he even stated, now, in regards to the immunity, which is better, he goes, again, no one really knows. He goes, now, naturally, normally, um, natural immunity does last longer and is better. He goes, but in this case, we've never encountered this before. We, nobody knows what, what to expect or what's going on. And he goes, and in regards to the vaccines, um, does the immunity last a couple months? Does it last a year? Um, how often are you going to need boosters? He goes, we're learning as we're going. Yeah. And they can give me no medicine when I went in because they didn't even have a clue what it was at that time. And that, if it was as bad as people say, and I'm not saying no one died of it because I know people, I know my aunt died of it. And she was older, mm-hmm. of course, then in the home and was literally surrounded by it. But yes. for me, for someone like me that has been sick my entire life, lots of medical issues, they didn't even give me a thing and I survived yeah. it fine and I haven't since I've been over it I I haven't had it again and my husband never had it now you have a daughter living with you um yes and she is sick correct and she was around both of you yes she's not gotten it um we we have a two-story house it's not the biggest um we have no way to (laughs) okay the way the mass media is wanting you to isolate at home there's no freaking way to possibly manage that effectively in a lot of homes and a lot of people's homes that they live in they they just can't and that was the case for us but we did do the best that we could um we tried to maintain as much distance between her as possible we uh for almost two two and a half weeks we didn't hug her we didn't kiss her we kept our distance we we didn't even get you know pat her on the shoulder i mean hold or tap her on the i mean we physically did not touch her and um Older and we, she's not, yeah, she's, yeah, she's what, how, yeah, old I now? mean, she's, she's 13. 13. So, I mean, she still loves getting hugs, even though she's a teenager. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we didn't do any of that. We kept our distance. Um, we had her do all the dishes. We had her cleaning in the kitchen because we didn't want to touch or mess with anything. We had her there for a little while preparing the food for us in the beginning when we were really really sick um and and she was amazing in that department and helping out um and that was pretty much it uh when it came to taking care of us i mean i i took care of myself and david he was a lot worse than i was um so that minimized the contact that way too in regards to her so she didn't have to um deal with any of that Uh, And also, I believe, you know, being 13, she's got a much younger and stronger immune system than we did, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, she's, we take 
calcium and magnesium and potassium. And we've always done that. And we have these um, little elderberry drink packets that are packed full of vitamin C and D. And we take those anyway as a precautionary measure to boost our immune system anyway in the fall and winter. So she was already doing that to begin with because she has allergies that pop up in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so she just kept doing that and she's been fine. So I know like a week and a half in, you were still pretty sick. Is that correct? And and you did ivermectin and some other things. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that looked like? Yeah, um, like I said, we um, had some friends um, along with you that uh, you and Greg, they dropped off some vitamins and stuff for us, um, food, because especially the first week we were really, really um, sick. It was, it was, you just don't want to do anything. It's even hard to think. It's even hard to actually put your thoughts in a correct order to even communicate sometimes um, when it was really bad. Like I said, David, he had it worse and he even had to um, try and get him to eat. He would actually have to take some time, some seconds to, you know, actually physically forcibly think and say, okay, I got to get the spoon to my mouth. And it would take him some time to do that. And that was insane to watch. And I asked him several times, I'm like, do you want me to do it? And he, you know, he's stubborn. He's like, no, I got it. And it would just take him longer. And it, what we did is we were doing the vitamin C, the D3, the zinc, the elderberry drinks. I mean, we were doing, <laughs> you name it. We, I mean, lemon, anything citrus, green tea. We were doing, like for my sinuses, I was doing over-the-counter allergy, sinus medications. Um, There were other things that people, like I said, had taken that had worked for them. And it seemed to be helping. It was really weird because um, I would have a fever every now and then, but David, he was constantly having fevers. He, He broke through his fever like two or three times. Meaning, I mean, he would literally sweat through and and he'd be okay. And then the next day it would start all over again or two days later and it would just start all over again. He just couldn't quite kick uh, the fevers and the the coughing and the pain in his head and his body. And so with our family doctor having... Uh, weird office hours only being in Tuesdays through Thursdays. Um, by the time that first week, I'm like, okay, I need to call my family doctor. It was a Friday. I'm like, okay, I got to now wait till Tuesday. So I did. I reached out to him. Um, he ended up calling us and doing a, a visit over the phone. Uh, after, uh, it was close to 8 o'clock at night because that was when his office hours were done and he had seen the last patient. So he did that for us. Um, he asked us a bunch of questions and he goes, okay, I'm going to send out some prescriptions for you and you can pick them up um, probably sometime late tomorrow morning or in the afternoon, but you're going to have to call and find out. I'm like, okay. So he wrote us a prescription for ivermectin, um, a prescription for prednisone, uh, which is a steroid, I believe. Yeah. And then he gave us a prescription for something else. I can't even pronounce it. And uh, and I got those last Thursday, actually, a week ago today. I went and I got them. And that, we actually could tell a difference within the first 24 hours. Yeah, because I, um, I remember. Because we had, yeah. we had plans to go to an event. Well, it would have been like, the day after your two weeks would have been up. But I remember yeah. you saying how you still were like three days before it. And then you got the medication and literally I che- I was trying to check in every day with you. So yeah. I know that um, I think there was a day where it was like a couple of days before I checked in with you and 
but even within that amount of time, you, you, I could tell I was talking to a different Maggie. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We weren't talking. And the only so. Huh? I could. I said, and we were not talking by phone. We were only talking by messenger, and I could tell that. Yeah. You were feeling that. Yes. Yeah. And um, what was it? Yeah, because I gave him all, we took our prescription meds Thursday afternoon after I got home. And then we ended up doing the vitamins again that night before we went to bed. And um, David, <laughs> God, he's like a big kid. He uh, He's looking at this handful of vitamins that we were taking um, that a, a friend of ours was so, I mean, they literally had just gotten over it themselves and um they go to our church and he reached out to talk to david out of the blue because he's remodeling his house and he had some questions and they had no idea and he goes oh my god dude this you need to take all the stuff that we got that we took it'll help and it's like well by this point i'm like he hasn't worked in two weeks Money is really, really tight. We can't afford to go out and get that. So they were so generous enough that they bought us all this stuff. So I was giving him his vitamins and everything that night. And David, he goes, what is this? And I'm like, I'm like, you have to still take this. He goes, but we just got the meds. Why do I still have to take this? I'm like, this is what you have to do along with the prescriptions the prednisone and the ivermectin. We have to keep taking this. And he goes, I don't like taking vitamins. I'm, um, and I, <laughs> I looked at him and I said, you have, a choice, you have a choice to make, David. Do you want to get better or not? What's it going to be? And that is the only time in this entire scenario that I ever got short with him or anything like that. And he just paused and looked at me and I said, seriously, you have a choice to make. Do you want to get better or not? And he goes, I just don't like taking all these vitamins. And I'm like, you know, I can leave right now. I don't have to be doing this. Right. And he just looked at me and he took them and I left. I went in the kitchen. I did my thing. And when I came back in the living room a few minutes later, he held his hand out and I walked up to him and I put my hand in his and he kissed my hand. He looked at me. He goes, I'm sorry. And yeah, and it was, um, he's just a, you know, Spangler last name is Spangler, you know, German. He's yeah, he's stubborn. He, he got that trait, but so am I. And I told him, I said, next thing is also you've been sitting on that couch for almost two weeks. New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep, in-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. You need to start getting up and walking. And if I got to drag your butt off of that couch, kicking and screaming, so be it. But you're going to get up and you're going to start walking. Because he lost 20 pounds, Pamela. Half of that was muscle. Oh, wow. He has lost I wish I was so much muscle. I wish that would happen to me when I went through it. God dang it, Maggie. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was scary. It it was scary because I was literally watching my husband waste away in front of me. Oh my gosh. And you didn't lose that weight. Hell no. 
I got that Scottish <laughs> DNA that survived the Ice Age and the English. <laughs> oh, well, that, I have to take a commercial break, but we'll be right back. And when <laughs> we come back, we're going to talk about um, some of the things that the public school families are facing and um, to do with COVID and, and the mandates. Be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Hey, welcome back. I'm talking with Ma- Margaret Spangler, um, and we're talking about COVID-19 and Maggie or Margaret and her family <laughs> kind of getting over, over the virus. And um, we're talking about some of the things they went through. And and I, can't, I do want to touch base <clears throat> because both of us know, we know that COVID is real. We mm-hmm. were saying that it's not, but we're saying that this jab that they're giving people and the mandate, they have nothing to do with this virus. Would you agree with that statement, Margaret? Yes, in a lot of ways. Um, I First, I want to stress, I am not an anti-vaxxer vaccines have their purpose and their place but it should also be left up to the individual to decide if they want them or not and um, yes or the parent or yes i mean my grandmother my mom's mom she ended up getting polio when she was a little girl And she had to completely relearn how to walk and how to write and do a lot of things. And so the polio vaccine for me is, you know, that's why I'm saying I'm not anti-vaccine. But on the complete polar opposite side of that spectrum is the fact that my second daughter, uh, just in regards to COVID, the same is true for people in regards to vaccines. Not everybody's bodies react to vaccines in the same manner. And my second oldest daughter, when she was getting her, what do they call them? It's uh, one or two months, four months, six months, eight months, and they get their vaccines in the first year, two years of their life. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we, but I don't look at them as the same thing either. So you know what I mean? Like right. when I'm saying, talking about this vaccine, my mind is not connecting the the regular shots that children got when our kids were little or what we got when we were little. They're not the same thing. We're not, in our world, this, they're not the same. They're right. And, the re- and, what, and what would the reason for that be? Why do you think it's not even the same ballpark? Because it's not really a vaccine. A vaccine cures something. What they're giving, it isn't curing anything. Correct. And they have actually honestly completely changed the definition of what the word vaccine means. And the CDC just came out stating that they're going to change it again. Why do you have to? Change the definition. Yeah. Why do you have to change yeah. the definition of what a word means? Unless it's meant yeah. to make it match what you want it to match and what you're trying to redefine. Yeah. So do you think it's an overreach? I mean, what do you think is happening that, you know, the, the mandates and, and what would you call it if you wouldn't call it a vaccine? What would you call it? Population control in the form of a genocidal shot. Wow. 
see, and that's what I believe as well. I, I want it to not be true. I really do. But there's too many things that are connecting at the same exact time to these things. So they're not only yes. stopping at the stab or the shot, then they do the mandate. And now they're attacking, well, pretty much everything that America holds dear, whether that the, the education system, which now I need to back up a little bit on that because you know how I feel about compulsory school systems. I've told people a million <laughs> times, we learned about John Taylor Gatto. We have a new mm-hmm. page on our annex called Recommended Videos. If you want to know the true history of compulsory schooling, you need to go on our site and watch those videos. And you cannot school and educate. Schooling and education are two different things. And the compulsory school system does not provide education. They provide schooling. So I want to drive mm-hmm. that in. And I also drive in the fact that I remember when my kids were little, and, and I homeschooled most of their their life. Um, my youngest went to preschool and just three months maybe into kindergarten. And my oldest son went into, uh, I think it was third grade. I think I started homeschooling him. So I remember taking them to school or even the preschool. And, you know, they just want you to walk your kids, you know, maybe to the door and, and leave. They don't even really welcome you in. Okay. And I remember Mm -hmm. making suggestions for fundraisers or whatever it was like little minimal stuff. And the feeling of, well, your opinion, we don't like that idea. So your opinion really doesn't matter and kind of just pushing you off to the side. And I know all of us as parents that had our kids at any time and a public school knows what I'm talking about. But see, those are the first, those are the first experiences of people as parents taking their children into school. And I did a show a week or so ago where I talked about this and, and how you're watching all of the compulsory school system these board members, they're up on stage and the, the people are down below them and people are getting arrested and the FBI is now being used to name them as terrorists and, and there's so much going on and the, and the parents just, just since so if there's another 2 million people homeschooling and people are leaving the public school system in droves because they're being labeled as domestic terrorists if they speak up or not even allowed into the board. But see, there's a chain of events throughout time of the time since the compulsory school system was being built. And they have been preparing for this day for a long time. Yes. And it's nothing to do, they are very much against the constitution and they're proving that to be true. So all these things happening at the same time as the jab and the mandate, it's, it's proof in itself that there is an overreach and that there is um, a serious problem in the United States of America and that they're trying to dissolve it. They, they don't want America to be America anymore or you wouldn't see these things happening. And, and another thing, I see family members on Facebook, I see other acquaintances as well, but I see people remarking, well, my doctor said that I should have the vaccine, and I totally trust my doctor. Well, there are more doctors and nurses saying that they won't, or there wouldn't be these massive walkouts at the hospital. There are more doctors yes. and nurses, I believe that are leaving the medical field and being forced out than those that are saying that you should have the vaccine. So you're, you're, that makes no sense. I mean, I, I'm a faithful person as I know Margaret is. And 
I know that, in, again, New Heights is not a religious organization, but everything that I do and the way that I see things is because I'm a person of faith. So, and in my eyes, I mean, I mean, do you think what we're, you hear about the end times and you hear all these things and, and a lot of these things that we're seeing were mentioned in the Bible and God did say that he was going to put, you know, blinders on people to protect them in a sense. So is that what we're seeing? Are we seeing, I mean, God's in charge, right? God yeah. in charge of everything that's happening. So, I mean, I know I just kind of overloaded well, your, your thoughts on what I said. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I want to go with this, but um, I'm uh, or I can't remember where the verse, but basically, there's a Bible verse that states that we are to be as wise as serpents, but as gentle as doves, and basically, what that means is that we need to be on guard. We need to be aware of what's going on around us. We need to, and it kind of goes along with um, in Hosea, the book of Hosea, it talks about my people shall perish from the lack of knowledge. Okay, well, what is that knowledge? That knowledge is what our God, our Lord and Savior teach us in the Bible. And uh, okay, so let's follow that train of thought all right so people all right um god created man if you believe in god and you believe that the bible is a living breathing word of god then you believe that god created man and that our body is our temple that we are to keep clean and as healthy as possible to live the life that God wants us to live. And this vaccine isn't preventing COVID. It's only supposed to minimize the symptoms. Okay, but what are the side effects? Well, you're seeing all of these heart issues, all this inflammation, all these blood clots. You're seeing people that are having um, all of a sudden metallic magnetism. You're seeing individuals that are uh, having issues thinking correctly, being able to function. They're having, um, we are now, oh shoot, okay, it's been what, almost a year? It's been almost a year since the vaccines have been starting to be pushed. So now we're starting to see situations and scenarios in these hospitals all across our nation where people are coming in with multiple internal organ failure. And it's almost like COVID was in the beginning. They don't know what it is. They don't know what they're looking at. It's masking and acting like a lot of other different things, but it's not. Well, if you look at some of the severe side effects of these vaccines, it states organ failure. Well, and blood clots. issues. Yes. So why would we want to take a shot where the risks far outweigh the benefits? Yeah. And if this really is beneficial to us, why do you have to force it? If your goal really was to help humanity to persevere and get over this virus, why would you have to force the shot? And it's a virus. Is this vaccine really going to be effective against a virus? I mean, that's just one of my thoughts that I've had on this. And, and I know I don't know enough in that department. Um, I'm still learning myself. But 
common sense and logic. I mean, I remember studying science. And yeah. polio is bacterial. A lot of your, um, I believe polio is bacterial. Um, a lot of your vaccines that were given for mumps, measles, rubella, polio, they actually <laughs> prevent it. They stop it. And so logic, let's go back to logic. So because that's one of the things that, like you said, with the schooling, schooling is meant to teach you what they want you to know. Schooling is meant to mold and shape young people to think and process and act in ways that society deems as necessary and normal. Okay. Education when looked at from a classical Greek Roman structure is meant to get the pupil, the student to look at everything around them and ask why. And then thus start a conversation of discourse. And learn how to argue and come up with proof, facts, not emotions, not feelings. And then there's an actual way that you follow the thought process of logic. A simplified version of it would be if it looks like a duck, acts like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. Right. That's logic. Mm -hmm. And so let's apply that to what we're seeing. Okay. If you think back and you look and, and you remember, like what we've said, this has actually been in the works and has been in the, the process for several years, if not decades. The latest, yes, the latest is... Um, okay, we had an election coming up. Well, mm -hmm. we've had elections before, and they've slowly been whittling away how much you can talk and share information to persuade and change people's minds right up to mm -hmm. and leading before the election. So they've stopped that. Well, now it's, um, okay, well, that's misinformation. Okay, well, What's your definition of misinformation? Who controls that and why? And who is leading the charge in that? Facebook, Zuckerberg, Twitter, Instagram, all blocking and denying Trump from talking about leading up to the elections, controlling because if you think about it, it's not so much about misinformation as it is about controlling the narrative. Because if you are the one who controls the flow of information, whether it's real or not, you're controlling the narrative, which is the story that you want to be told. And those that control the narrative control the outcome. It's about power. So who, who, in your opinion, is to blame for what we're seeing in the public schools? What do you think the cause and effect of what you're even seeing in our young people um, how they're looking at things. Where do you think that? Well, cause and effect. Let's go back to Common Core. You know, you and I remember when Common Core was first passed. Mm -hmm. and, and how much our public compulsory school systems have even more dramatically gone downhill since Common Core. And we actually 
are just now starting to see the first generation graduating from high school that Mm -hmm. even though they may not have been completely under common core their entire school year or years, most of it has. Um, Now, uh, let me see. Uh, my second daughter, she actually would have been a, I think Catherine would have been a junior, sophomore or a junior in high school when Common Core was uh, passed in Ohio. And, and, and I can remember her issues because she was in a charter school at the time and they were now teaching math through the Common Core way and the absolute confusion that she had. And so I ended up pulling her out of the charter school and we ended up doing it on our own. We had like maybe two or three years left. And Mm -hmm. so now let's look at these kids that are now graduating from high school, graduating from college, because Common Core, if you think about it, um, I could be wrong, but I think it started in the colleges, made its way down trickle effect wise, Till it was passed to go in high school, junior high, middle school, now to everything, elementary, kindergarten. And the same process has occurred with critical race theory. It actually was birthed on college campuses and spread through the college campuses. And now it's permeated through the entire school system. Well, I think the end result. Originally, huh? it, it, I think originally it was used in Russia, and it was so critical so, race theory. Yes. Yeah. Well, not critical race theory. I'm talking about Common Core was uh, okay. in Russia, okay. and they it, it had failed so badly they said they never use it again. <laughs> I do believe Russia yeah. was, was one first, but and then everywhere that it's and, ever been used has been a failure. Right. So that makes you want to ask, well, it should make you want to ask, why then is this been such a major push for the common core? And honestly, I think it was to condition our future generations to not be able to think for themselves, not to be um, not to have the life skills that's needed and required for logic to be able to think for yourself. They're being conditioned to just automatically accept what they're being told without questioning. It's almost kind of like um, a perverse reversal of societal peer pressure. Yeah. Well, that's what we're seeing the the students that are even trying to stand against the jab, they're experiencing and we're that. This, yes, and, and it's like it's a, a, a domino effect because when you get them young, which is why Hitler went and created the Nazi youth programs, yep. is because when you go after them when they're young and you replace the family parental core unit with something that's ran by the state, to teach your children, it becomes ingrained and they don't even learn to question it. They just accept it because that's what's normal. That's how they've always well, been taught. And the compulsory school system, that's all it's about. From the yeah. late 18th <clears throat> the farmers, the early pioneers didn't want this compulsory school system. It was forced and it has a Prussian history to it. Our, our education system itself has a project history and yes so it's the entire system has been corrupt and has been poking and indoctrinating our students since its birth and yes and it and it's just exploded yeah and it's just exploded in the last i don't know when was common core first passed uh, six, eight years ago? 
Maybe. Close to that, I would say. Yeah. I don't really remember. It's just been in. It, it's been insane. It, if honestly, if you go back in hindsight and you think about all that has happened since Common Core was passed, and now we have um, this, it's almost as if the fable of Alice in Wonderland has dropped in our natural realm, taken over, and has turned everything upside down. And again, this is talked about in the Bible. They, you know, what they see as good in their eyes became bad, and what was bad became good. And um, so, do you have... And I know... I know we want to do a show on critical race theory as well. I know we've talked about that yeah. for some time too. It's all part of the domino but, effect. Right. And part of this domino effect, let, let's try and tie all this in together. Part of the domino effect of, I'm going to call it what it is, um, indoctrinating of our children as young as you possibly can. And part of those tools are, Common Core and now critical race theory is to get your children or the next generation and the generations to come to the point where they don't question, they don't ask, they become almost robotic and they just do what they're supposed to do. Oh, you're good at this. So you're going to be a receptionist. Oh, you're good at that. You are going to be a truck driver. You're good at that. This is what you're going to do. Instead of allowing the child or the teenager to decide and figure out for themselves what their likes, their dislikes are, what their dreams are, what their goals are, what they're good at, what they want to pursue and do, which is pretty much in a lot of ways one of the major backbones of the American dream, okay? So, in order to be able to pursue your American dream, what are some characteristics that are required for that? Hard work, persistence, this um, roll up your sleeves and do the job and get it done, and make your dreams reality, but that's not really what our government wants anymore. They want individuals that they can take care of from the cradle to the grave, victim mentality. You're not smart enough. You're not intelligent enough. You're not capable enough. But we are. We know what's best for you. Mommies and daddies are no longer in the picture, but we are. And once you're sucked in, you can't get back out. Also. A part of this is the conditioning of not asking why. And why is that? Then you don't have any troublemakers. Yeah, it's been conditioned you out of have... parents. Yes. And we, and to tie this, we are currently seeing this on a mass scale within our country in regards to all the different military branches. And within the medical field, there are still some brave souls, doctors and nurses, who are standing up and saying, enough's enough, no, we're done. We're, we're not doing this. And they're losing their jobs. Yep. Which is completely asinine and nuts, which is creating a domino effect. We are losing people massively because they are making the decision and the choice to stand up for their personal rights, their personal freedoms that concern their bodies, their religious perspectives. Um, because if we believe that God is real and that God created us, then we also believe that God created us with free will. And free will... Too. Uh, yes. And it's free will is being taken from us. Yes. 
interview will be picked up in part two. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newhighseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.